St. Paul says to us today in that second reading, dear brothers and sisters, for freedom Christ has set us free. For freedom Christ has set us free. So stand firm and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. For freedom. For you were called for freedom, brothers and sisters, but do not use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, rather serve one another through love. St. Paul understood very clearly what freedom meant. He knew what God has given to him, a freedom from the consequences of sin, a freedom of redemption, a freedom of grace. God has chosen him from the path on which he was walking and he chose him and gave him a special gift, gift of Christ's freedom. Christ's freedom, which is complete and total freedom from anything that, that breaks us down, that makes us enslaved in any form or way, in any form or shape. And so this is why St. Paul was so adamant and, and he kept on continuing, I say to you then, live by the Spirit and you will certainly not gratify the desire of the flesh, for the flesh has desires against the Spirit the spirit against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you may not do what you want, but to do what God wishes and desires for you, and that is to live the commandment of love. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So stop biting and devouring one another because you destroy each other. St. Paul understood these words, and I think that he wants to communicate these words of God to us. What does, it free, what does freedom mean? What does the freedom in our own environment? What does the freedom mean for me, for you, for each one of us here? St. Paul would say, don't. Freedom that Christ has given to you is not for license, not for something that you wish to do for yourself, no matter what, what consequences but is the freedom that God gives to us, freedom to choose to live God's will, freedom to choose the way of love, freedom to choose what God desires and wishes for us. That's the first teaching of today, is that freedom. But there's something more here today in our readings, that God is not calling us just to live that freedom, but to follow him. He called us. Why did we get here? Why did we come here today? Why? We chose to do something for the Lord. We chose to do something for God. Some of you have traveled perhaps three, four, five hours, as many of you do show up here from distances. And then you choose, and you chose, despite you had to get up so early in the morning, you wanted to be here. You chose the freedom to worship God, to honor him, to listen to him, to serve him, to, to listen to his voice and to accept him and welcome him into your heart through the Eucharist, so you chose. But the Lord is asking us to think maybe even more deeply today. And what does it mean to follow the Lord? St. Paul says, yes, exercise the right of freedom. But we hear in our, in our Old Testament reading today, is that we see Elijah 
choosing Elisha to be successor. The great prophet Elijah, the strong witness to God, the one who was willing to give up everything. He experienced danger, difficulties, and yet he did not run away. And when he wanted to run away, the Lord called him back. He says, what are you doing here? You're protecting yourself, but you have to go back to the people. You have to go back to the difficulties, the place where you were preaching to where you ran away because you were afraid of Jezebel who was wanting to kill you. So for fear of dying, he ran away. But on the mountain of God, he understood again. God called him, no, you go back. And he goes back and he has to witness and he does witness to the power of God and he's able to preach and proclaim. Then as his life came to a close, then he chose is a successor named Elisha, son of Shaphat of Abel Meholah, the prophet to succeed you. Elisha, meaning, meaning the God is the one who saves his name. But do you, who was this Elisha? He was a rich farmer. He had not just one, two, one set, one ox, not two oxes, but 12 yokes of oxen. And he was plowing a field. How big the field was, like having a big tractor on a farm rather than a tiny one of being pulled by, by a horse or, or ox or so. So he's rich, he's well-to-do. And the first thing that happens is when, when Elijah comes and puts his cloak over him, he threw a cloak over him, signifying that I wish you to receive the ministry of a prophet for the nation. What we see here is Elisha said yes, but he wanted to say goodbye to his family first. Say goodbye, which means why? Because there was implications of this call. The first implication was that he would be separated from his family because he has to go and preach. He can't be at home all the time but he, will, he has to listen to God and, and proclaim and teach and guide others. So he has to be available for God. But the second thing that he did is very interesting. Elisha left everything and what did he do? He slaughtered the oxen using the plowing equipment for fuel to boil their flesh and gave it to the people. So what happens to him? is the symbol here of him giving everything. Yes, he, he took those, the, the possession that he had and he used his own equipment, plow, everything else. He burned it, he broke it, burned it, cooked it for others. That's what he did. We know that he accepted this role and he did something about it. He changed his life. He became available to God. He became, became available for the services and for the purposes of God. That is type of a call that Elisha received and he welcomed it and he took it. Today in our gospel, we see Jesus himself, how the scripture says, and he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem. When Jesus' days being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to, to Jerusalem to journey to Jerusalem. What does that mean? That Jesus wanted to fill, fulfill the Father's will. To go to Jerusalem meant 
to embrace the sufferings, embrace the cross, and die for us. That's what Jesus did. And that's why the language of St. Saint Luke is so clear. When his, day, when his days, when, Jesus, uh, when the days for Jesus being taken up were fulfilled, he resolutely determined to journey to Jerusalem. And so he sent messengers ahead of him. The, the shortest cut from Galilee to Jerusalem would go through a territory of Samaria. Samaritans were not exactly friendly with the Jewish people and vice versa. But the Lord wanted to take this direct route to Jerusalem, not go around as normally we would have to go. And so this is that resolution that Jesus gave. And so he sends his messengers ahead of him because he wants to announce that he's walking through their territory. He respects them. He respects them. He wants to give, ask for permission to, to be able to walk through. The Samaritans don't give him the permission. And so the, his disciples, James and John, famous Jen, James and John, they said, okay, Lord, <laughs> you know, you have the power, you can punish them. <laughs> you can punish, send down your, your, your wrath, send down your fire upon them. They'll learn the lesson. They'll learn the lesson that you're too important, that you have this messianic gift and they should respect it that you're a miracle worker, that you're something extraordinary, great, but they don't. Why do they, do, they don't do it? It's because Jesus tells them, don't, do, don't you dare. <laughs> In the language of scripture, he says, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they journeyed to another village. Okay, so first of all, Jesus says, it's my path is a path of mercy not path of power, path of demands, path of forcing my way. It's a path, this disciple's path is the path of Jesus himself. Even if there's opposition, even if there's rejection, even if there is a, some form of a stumbling blocks thrown ahead of us, we are to accept it. Not to punish, not to demand the rights. We see how in our society today, in the day today, I mean, how certain people demand certain rights. They're willing to burn, they're willing to destroy, they're willing to even kill. This is not the path of, of us as Christians. It's a path, a resolute path, yes. It's a resolute path of prayer, of, of uh, walking the journey of, of great witness. We know what happened yesterday, two days ago. Yes, there's an extraordinary gift that was got, given to us. Yes, the turning, re, re, overcoming the, 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 overturning the Roe versus Wade and that freedom which is returned to the state to exercise to all of us. But it's not the federal government's role to mandate, to do something which at the very root is not to promote life, not to promote good, not to promote God's will, but to exercise our own, which is called a license, uh, which St. Paul warns us of. But you see, here's the thing, the path of God, and Jesus is manifesting and showing to his disciples that to be a disciple is to be a man and woman of mercy, of love that goes beyond. 
even when one feels justified to take action, which is contrary to God's, God's will, we cannot do that. But there's another dimension here that Jesus speaks to us as how to be a disciple. And I have to share a little story of my own. It's, it takes, you know, the gospel, I will follow you wherever you go, but then there's conditions that people place. Um, it goes back quite a few years ago, more than 42 years ago, and I was already accepted into religious community to the Marians, but I begin to think, I think I could postpone my entrance for another year because I wanted to do several things yet before I would enter, because I knew once I enter, I couldn't do it. So I wish to do a couple of things yet. One of them is my family. My, most of my family was in Poland, as you know, at that time. And, uh, and so I wanted to visit them and say goodbye to them. And I wanted to also complete, I had to submit yet another work for, for my studies. And, and so I said, okay, although I already was set to come and enter religious life, but I began to think of, well, I still could use this, I could still use that. And, and so I was in the habit of looking at the New Testament, which I carried with me, and I was in the habit of like flipping it upside down, different directions, and wherever I would open, I would ask the Lord to speak to my heart. And so one day, uh, as I went to Eucharist Mass, and I spent some time, it was a beautiful day, actually it was in June, just like because the gospel today is the same gospel, uh, sometimes in June, and what happened is I was flipping the pages and looking for what God would wish to tell me, I opened to this gospel today. I will follow you wherever you go, Jesus answered to the one who asked him, foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to rest his head. And then, and to another, he said, follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me first, let me go first and bury my father. Okay, and then it says, let me first go and say goodbye to my parents, as you know. So the scripture spoke to me, okay? So I said, okay, um, I didn't draw too many conclusions, but I said, yeah, I have to be dedicated. I did not draw a conclusion that I shouldn't be thinking about setting again this year for, to enter religious life and postponing it by year. So it was very nice reflection and so on. The next day I do the same, I flip upside down, whatever, whatever, and then take, take my finger, flip a couple pages left, sometimes right, whatever it is. And what happens is I hit on the same gospel, the same portion of scripture. And I said, okay, this, I think this has to be speaking really to me. And so I begin to pay attention. He says, yes, you're the one who's saying, let me first postpone this religious life for another year so I could say goodbye to my parents. And, and not only that, but, but the Lord was saying to, in, and, and the additional ones, you know, to bury my, to bury my, 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 my parents was another one was, let me first bury my parents. You know what that means is that let me receive my inheritance first. I'll follow you 
if I bury my parents, then I'll be rich, I'll be fine, I'll be, I won't have to worry about it, so I can then follow you, the conditions. And you know, and, and, uh, and, uh, and the last one, and the last one, we have also the one who says, says to him, but, but I will follow you. And yet another condition, and Jesus says to him, no one who sets his hand, uh, sets a hand to a plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. Okay, I heard the readings and I said, Lord, I'm not gonna go, I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna go and I'll enter religious life. And so then two days later, I started thinking, I said, you know, just because I opened twice to the same reading, I, I do have to follow. <laughs> just because I said it, I should make a decision on my own, prudent decision, what am I supposed to do? Is this, you know, just because by accident, scripture, I opened the scripture to those two places, to the same place, twice. And so I said, okay, well, I think I'm gonna reconsider, I will go back and I will do what I need to do. It's a prudent decision. I, I, know I felt this was everything would be, would be okay. And then I went to church, I went to mass, and then I began to reflect again on the scripture. Would you believe it opened to the same place? And so I'm here. I didn't postpone because I could not justify anymore God's word, set it aside for my own needs, set it aside for even what is known as prudent decision. I'm, sure, I'm sharing this with you. I know that priests, when they share something personal, sometimes you don't wanna share it because you know what it is, but I felt today that I have to share it with you because it is for all of us. It's something for all of us. God is calling each one of us to something greater than we can ever imagine something greater that we can prudently choose, something greater that we can ever wish and desire for. God is calling us to something so enormous, so great, to be sons and daughters of God. He's calling us to something so great that we cannot grasp until we see one day when we were in his kingdom, but it's worth it. I could never imagine what God has prepared for this path, which I said, and I open this, this scripture today, scripture, I open it. I would never believe how the Lord would guide my life. Not that it was everything was perfect because there are troubles and problems and difficulties and wherever it is and my own weaknesses to deal with. And yet he remained faithful. He remained faithful and he would always guide. And he gives us a type of joy that is not one of those, you know, it's fun here, but so the deepest level of the heart feels fulfilled and knows that what God has given to us is something greater than we can ever imagine. And I know that you're here because of that. You know what Jesus means to you. You know what his salvation means to you. You know why you're here and why you wanna follow him. You know why you do the things that you do. And then despite your weaknesses, despite wherever you have to contend with, despite the fact that sometimes you don't have the abilities to carry out his will, and yet that will not stop us, that will not stop anyone who follows him, because once you taste and experience the grace and the power of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, 
the gift of Jesus himself and the gift of the Holy Spirit that we can't turn back, not possible. Yes, we can slip and fall and sin, but then we have to, then we will cry again. Says, oh Lord, I don't want to go in this direction. It's not for me. I don't want to lose that gift that you gave to me, the great treasure, who you are and yourself, who you are. And so may we then today, as we listen to God's word, as we see the witness of Elijah, Elisha, as we see the, the great path, the path, the journey that Jesus took for us. He gave himself to us completely. When we see St. Paul following the Lord, no matter what, how much he had to be, had to suffer, and he was stoned, and he was rejected, and, 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 and experienced, you know, four times, 39, 40 lashes, minus one, as was known. It did not stop him. And this is why he says to us, the Lord has called you to exercise that freedom that Jesus gave you for the sake of others, for the sake of good, for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of being merciful, for the sake of eternal life. Exercise that freedom. And that's the invitation. And so we today, through this Eucharist, let us offer our profound thanks to God for choosing us choosing us to be his followers, to choosing us to be his sons and daughters, to be the sons and daughters of God, for giving us the gift of redemption, for choosing us and transforming us to be like his son, so that we may share the joys of eternal life forever, the joys of his kingdom forever, and to live in that kingdom of love for all eternity. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.